Yes, people. Welcome to another episode of Echoes from the Void. Um, yeah, you're getting this a day later than normal due to the ugh, just the bullshit of the anchor website, and you know, it, it, I don't know. I don't know when it's gonna get sorted out. Hopefully soon, because I'm loading up the podcast is a nightmare but you're still getting your weekly dose people um yeah there's a lot of i don't know like so traveling the other day and you know like the train ain't that busy but people it's just like you're waiting for the train and once you're on People just don't give a fuck about anyone else who wants to get on. So, there's a dude behind me. I'm trying to get on the train. There's these slow motherfuckers in front. And I say to this dude, I'm like, yo, excuse me, man. I've just got a dude behind me. Want to get him on the train before the doors shut. So, finally get on the train. And then this dude, I've got my headphones on. I always have my fucking headphones on. And then this dude yeah, yapping at me. And I'm just like, yo, what? He's just like, oh, yeah, you need to watch who you're talking to. I'm just like, shut the fuck up, man. Like, listen, wanted to get dude on the train. It's on the train. It's done. We don't need to have this conversation. And he keeps on going. He keeps on yapping. And then he says, do you know who I am? Alright. Of course I don't know who the fuck you are. Like what? Is this like out of all the inane things you can say to someone. Do you know who I am? Obviously you know I don't know your ass. You dumb motherfucker. What? God damn it. So I'm just like, and at this moment in time, I am now like, okay, if you want to go, motherfucker, but yeah, like I had people around me and they're just like, don't worry about it, let it go, he's an idiot, let it go. So I'm just like, alright, whatever, and I just put my music back on and zoned back out. But it's just, ah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just like had it with people, you know what I mean? I had a meeting with someone t- the other day, yesterday actually, and so I'm talking to this woman, and we're trying to work some shit out, and she's just like, oh, why don't you smile? Oh, go and smile. I'm just like. Mind your own fucking bit. Like, if I told you to smile, you, it would be a whole big thing. Don't tell me, like, what I should be doing. I'm just chilling here. I'm, I'm trying to discuss this thing. If I'm smiling, it does it. Like, it's, it's not impacting what we're doing. You know, it's just people are. Ugh. I, I just, right now, I'm just like, yeah, 
I could take people out right now. But I'm channeling, I'm trying to channel uh, into some other shit. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, looking to do that. But hopefully I have got a writing situation that, um, yeah, I think if I can get some, uh, yeah, this idea down, I think there's some interesting shit that could be coming next year. So, uh, yeah, we'll see where that goes. But um, let's get into uh let's get into the episode but before that right there was this whole thing that um i i I was seeing around a guy that put out this story that beyonce and jay-z had decided to uncouple as soon as i like saw that i was just a bit like yeah that's bullshit that's the most inane, stupid-ass things I've ever seen. But supposedly, a load of morons clicked on this shit. And then found out it was some guy trying to dupe people. And well, he claimed, oh, I was trying to get more people to register to vote. Which is just... Ridiculous! It, it 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 it's stupid because right. So a big thing that happened, a, I think it's probably two weeks, maybe three weeks ago. The Conservative Party changed the name of their Twitter handle and tried to do this whole bullshit online, and everyone's up in arms about it. So I'm just like, you can't moan them. And then do your own bullshit. And to be like, oh, yeah, I just put this fake story out to try and get people to vote. Mate, no. That's that's not getting people to vote. People are going to see that and um, when they click through and find out it's, uh, it's bullshit, they're just going to be like, Nah, no, this is shit, and go, like, anyone that registers was gonna register at some point anyway, but what you, like, trying to go, oh, yeah, I just did it as fun, it's not fake news, it was just, like, a little blah, 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 you'd be like, firstly, no, what you, the main reason you did it was to give yourself some shine. You know what I mean? It was to get your name in the news. It was to possibly, you know, get an article and then you can talk about your bullshit. It was self-serving. Don't try and paint it another way going, oh, it was goodwill. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm just trying to do a good thing and yeah, blah, blah, blah. Look at me, pat myself on the back. No, you, you, you're a self-serving motherfucker trying to get a little shine, which is fine, but just admit it, admit it, you know what I mean, don't, don't try and be like, oh yeah, <laughs> you know, oh it was just a joke, oh yeah, I'm sure Jay-Z and Beyonce aren't mad at me, 
Eesh. Whatever, son. Whatever. You did a thing. You got your name in the news. Clap. You know what I mean? Well done, you. Huzzah. But don't try and kid yourself thinking that you've changed the conversation. You know what I mean? That you've done this miraculous thing. No. No. You really haven't. Because, as I said, people that are going to vote were always going to vote. If they're not going to vote, they're not going to vote. It's as simple as that. They're not, it, it, it won't take them clicking through and going, oh, look, I'm on the website. Oh, I might as well. No, they're just going to click back. They're going to go somewhere else. They're going to go to Pornhub or something. You know what I mean? You're not a savior. <laughs> Definitely not that. But anyway. Let us get into today's episode and all the, you know, shenanigans that have uh, been happening. All right, let's go, people. Okay, so this there's a really confusing situation happening. A, a Chinese designer, artist and writer, her name is Fei Lu. She's... Working on a project at the moment um, Where she's built a robot It's called Gabriel 2052 uh, And the name of her project is Build the Love You Deserve Now, what she's doing Is Coding this robot To stimulate a boyfriend So she's stimulating that Because she wants to Says she wants to learn About relationships Um Yeah It It's kind of an odd situation You know Because I don't know, she, it's like, she wants to learn about emotions, um, and relationships, and, you know, she's saying, talking about the language of love, right, but, building a robot, like, the whole idea of what what she's saying she wants to do, doesn't really make any sense, you know, that, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's an odd situation, because, so she's saying she's using old te- text message exchanges with a past boyfriend, and she's going to try and get messages from a couple of other past boyfriends, which will help guide the exchanges Between her and this robot But In doing that You're not learning anything You know because the robot Is just using Old information Old information It's not It's nothing new Like Everyone has a different personality Right Everyone has a different response 
to a question you may ask. So, if you ask the question to your current partner, and then you ask that question to all the people you've dated in the past, they're all going to give you something different. Right? So, feeding one lot of information to a robot it's it's just coming from that one response the only way to get you know a true understanding is have something with a sentient mind and an understanding of who you are you know who they are how they fit within everything it's just weird it really just seems odd you know what I mean? It, 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 yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's just like, like she says, um, when asked about, you know, like what she kind of wants from the robot and relationships and everything, she says, I feel like I am able to separate fantasy from reality. Gabriel is a robot boyfriend that I am building for myself as a way to explore what I think relationships are in this current state of the world. He is an extremely personal project as I'm trying to figure out what relationships even mean for me. But that's a weird statement because how can you learn from a you can't learn that from a robot. The only way you could really learn that is just to go, okay, I'm not going to get into anything serious for the next, you know, whatever period of time. I'm going to date, set, you know, just go on loads of different dates, talk to loads of different people and see what though what you know what I mean what's the potential of connection between those different people right you know what I mean like that's the only kind of way that you could figure out what relationships to see, to look at different relationships and then see okay so what works for me like that's it from I don't know maybe I'm wrong here but yeah, if if that's what you're trying to do, <laughs> like, how are you going to get that from a robot? Yeah, you know, it, it, it's just, yeah, it doesn't really make any sense. I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't think I am... Yeah, I just don't... Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. Maybe I am, you know, misreading what she's looking for. But, yeah, if you're saying, I want to learn about relationships and how I am in a relationship, then you need to test relationships. You know, you can't just... uh, you know, talk to a robot, like, she also said, you know, about how the robot would help her, she said, um, there's no guaranteed success with what I'm doing, and it's always going to be a bit of a failure, 
And that's the whole point of actually getting into relationships. Your goalpost, your goalpost is always going to be moving because things and people are always changing. And that's why I don't have an end state for what Gabriel looks like or what he can do. Because I'm always changing and learning more about myself. I plan on working on Gabriel for about 10 years. So, again, that's another weird thing. Because if you're saying, like, everything changes because you're growing and evolving, then what the fuck are you doing with a robot? It's just, it's just weird. Like, and look, if she said, I fant- I, I love robots, then I don't even give a fuck. That does, that, but that's not what she's saying. And that's where it is all just like, you know, it's just like, oh, I want to learn about this. But, it's, you know, it's, if, if someone came to you and said, oh, yeah, I want to learn French. So I'm going to, um, yeah, so I'm going to move to Istanbul. And really immerse myself in the culture. And uh, yeah. I think in 10 years I should know French. Like. Doesn't make any sense. It's just some weird. Crazy ass shit. But yeah. I don't know. That seems to be the way these days. People just do some crazy bullshit. Because I kind of feel. They don't really want to know. You know what I mean? Like, maybe she's scared of relationships. And this is a way to isolate herself. Which is fine. But just say it. You know, what's the point in hiding? You know what I mean? It's just some wacky ass shit. Really wacky ass shit. Whoa, so, um, looks like the craziness continues So, um, former British distance runner, Zara Hyde-Peters She was meant to be taking up a role as the chief executive of UK Athletics Um, and she was meant to start that this week (laughs) Uh, yes, well, it's a weird day to start as well, she was meant to start on the 1st of December, which is Sunday, which is a strange day to, um, start a new position, but anyway, um, yes, so she was meant to start this new role as, um, you know, a head honcho in the UK athletics scene, industry, business, uh, but she is no longer taking that role because so this is the thing this is where it gets very um very murky very weird so her husband her former husband um he was um her so i think he I don't, I'm, I'm imagining he must have been convicted of paedophilia Now, it doesn't say it, but 
I, I mean, I, I can't see how else it would have gone down because, um, yeah, so in 2004 to 2005, he was in a, a weird relationship with an under 16 year old. Uh, while he was a PE teacher, yeah, at, a, at Bilton School in Rugby, so because of that, he was um, suspended. Yeah, he was yeah suspended for unacceptable professional conduct, um, and so because. So he was banned from coaching, banned from coaching completely. However, um, Hyde Peters was, um, yeah, she was a, a a chair, I believe, at um, Godiva Harriers, and. Her husband was a coach there. Yeah, during this period, he was coaching. Which is, yeah, fucked up. Like, and so, you know what I mean? Obviously, she knew he'd been suspended. She knew he couldn't coach. But she let it happen. And, um... So and and her response was that um he never coached athletes under the age of eighteen. It, it it's just like, whoo, <laughs> fucked up judgment, right? That ain't right. That ain't right at all. So yeah, because of this. Um, and supposedly this has all just come to light So, yeah, UK Athletics had a meeting on Sunday And, uh, yeah, she was um, given the push Or, uh, <laughs> you know, as they, their, their statement was Following the meeting I had Time with Zara to review the situation And we have agreed together That she will now not be taking up Her position as CEO It's just like Yeah, no It wasn't they mutually agreed It was just like Oh, can I still have the job? I don't think it's right at the time Oh, but I really want the job mm, Maybe not Yeah, it's never a mutual agreement <laughs> you know what I mean? it's, it's always ridiculous when they put out statements like that Because it's just like Yeah, we know that's bullshit Who are you trying to kid? It makes no sense Mate, Just be transparent You know what I mean? Just like Say it as it is Yeah, but A very fucked up situation and so because and so she was also given the um given the boot 
from uh, you know her role with the Birmingham 2020 Commonwealth Board. So uh, that is good. And she was also chair of its Athletes Advisory Committee. But, so the crazy thing about all of this though, right? So they're like, yeah, she's not taking up, she's not taking up the CEO position. And she was asked to leave the other two positions. What else though? You know what I mean? Like, what else? <laughs> yeah, it, it's like, has she been banned? From all management positions Like what is the situation here Because it shows that she has got a severe Severe lack of judgment Look now that like people can make a, ju- a, a judgment in error Okay a ju- everyone makes judgments in error It's a simple little thing I mean it's, it's just what we do it's human nature And look, if it's not too egregious You can be like, okay, look, we can see that It's fine You know, if you learnt from this Alright, you've learnt from this We'll move on Maybe you're in probation or what, 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 what. You know what I mean? It, like, you can work it out But when this, you know what I mean? When her husband Got found to be in a relationship with a 15 year old Now, supposedly he was cleared of sexual misconduct But if if you're getting sacked If you're being banned If you're being a full full ban Something went down Alright, so her husband Banned from coaching But she allows him to coach She doesn't warn anyone And lets him be around Kids and all of this shit Nah Because you're putting people's Well-being at risk there You know So for someone to do that That's fucked up That's real fucked up And yeah, there, there should be something from that, I feel, anyway You know what I mean, it, it, it shouldn't just be a, oh yeah, she doesn't take up her big job It's just like, no, 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 what else? What else? Because look, you know what I mean, many other people have been in you know positions and they're like yo that we don't want that person working blah 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 all of this this is just as bad for me this is just as bad just as fucking creepy so yeah i know zara hyde peters eesh you know what i mean i would stay clear of that hoe for sure Sasha Baron Cohen has um, come out against Facebook and social media, you know, Um, because he's talking about, uh, I think, the way that information is spread, you know, Um, 
I think it, it comes around like political advertising and the way a lot of this these adverts they're not very truthful. You know? Not very truthful. And so the information is just thrown out there. And then you can target people. You know what I mean? It's all geo-targeting and stuff like that. So, which, you know, that's all fair, right? That's all fair. He then said, um, ah, you know, he, he then said something that's a bit like, eh, I don't know. Um, under this twisted logic. Well, let, let's go back, let's go back So he, to start off the quote It was like, if you pay them Facebook will run any political ad you want Even if it's a lie And they'll even help you micro-target those lies To their users for maximum effect Under this twisted logic If Facebook were around in the 1930s it would have allowed hitler to post 30 second ads on his solution to the jewish problem now i think look you know the the whole targeting ad thing yeah that's fine that's fine i don't really have an issue with that as a statement Right, we will come back to it though Okay But the thing I get frustrated with Is when people go Oh yeah, um, if someone says that Then obviously they would have supported Hitler Or obviously they would have uh, You can't say that Like you can't say that Because you don't fucking know Like you don't know So to say it, it's just not, it's not a truthful fact Because no one will ever know Because we'll never be in that situation But the reason people say it Because you throw around like the Nazi flag You throw around the Nazi collaborator flag Everyone jumps on that You know what I mean? It's like putting a fucking lighthouse in the middle of nowhere Boom, that light shines bright, right? And making a statement like that, that is what he's doing. That's what he's doing. And that, mm, I find that just, it's kind of lazy. It's kind of lazy, it's kind of weak. Because if you want to make a point, make it in other ways. Don't, don't just do that. Don't, don't just shout Nazi. You know what I mean? Just come on. Come on, man. You're better than that. And so the other thing is, because yes, social media does, you know, they take adverts, they do this. Yeah, we know they do that. But now, so this is the big, so there's a couple of big things here. Are Like, do they know these adverts are lies? And is it for them... To have to fact check everything Because this is the f- Because if you look at what's on the news And in newspapers There are so many lies there So many lies there And the only way 
they for the most part get countered is if someone challenges the lie and then the courts go yeah no that was a lie then a retraction has to be printed but the retraction doesn't have to be on the front page doesn't even have to be a big thing it just needs to be printed right you understand so if we are saying social media cannot print or advertise or talk about this stuff because it's a lie we have to hold that up across the board right I, I, I just think it's pointless going after social media, going after Google, if you're not going after everyone. Because if the idea is to give people a level, a level playing field, give people access to the truth and only but the truth, then we have to attack all fields. Because what's the point in in clearing the landmines off these paths, but leaving them everywhere else? You know, have to you have to hold everyone up to the same accountabilities if you're going after those things, right? So instead of just going, yes, they're evil, they're scum, they need to do this. It'd be like, yo, everyone. That prints news now has to conform to these guidelines, to this criteria. So that's the news in news. That's the newspapers. That's the TV shows. It's the internet. It's everyone. If you're putting out news, you have to do that. That's fair. That's fair. But I kind of feel. Just to go, um, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Google, Instagram. You know, these people need to do this. Because you are, because you're not stopping the problem. You're just shifting it somewhere else. Just shifting it somewhere else. So let's. If we're trying to clean house, let's fucking clean house. <laughs> you know, let's not just kick the dirt under a rug somewhere. Let's just do the shit properly. So if you're talking, if you're if you're grandstanding, if you're going somewhere to make this big statement, then make a fucking statement. Don't attack people because you don't like them. So I feel Baron Cohen, he doesn't like Facebook, which is fine. I don't give a fuck. But don't just go after the people you don't like. Go after everyone, motherfucker. Go after everyone. If we're going to burn this fucking shit down, let's burn everything down. You know what I mean? Hey, there should be no favoritism in this. If we are looking for the truth, if we're looking to get rid of false flags, fake news, just bullshit, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's not hide behind ego. 
It's not hide behind vitriol. It's fucking do it right. Ah, so the BBC has um, well, they commissioned Savante Comres to to do a big nationwide survey for them. Um, they supposedly spoke to three thousand six hundred and fifty-five adults, and they believe that um, you know, morality. There's a huge difference with the younger generation's morality compass compared to the older generation. And, like, these these things are always bullshit. I, I, I think surveys never really give you the, the whole truth. Never give you the whole truth. Because they ask questions that there's no grey area, firstly. No grey area. Secondly... And I think this is the big one. Well, no, actually, there's two more points, right? Because, secondly, people lie on surveys. You mean people lie? Because they just think, oh, I don't want that person to think I'm an I'm an arsehole, so I'm going to say, I'll tick that box. Even if it's anonymous. That means nothing. Think people are still worried. People still think, "Oh yeah, I think." Huh, I don't believe it's anonymous. They still know it's me, so they're still gonna lie. And then thirdly, right? Only a certain person fills out a survey. <laughs> you read, not everyone is filling out a survey, right? So you're not really. Getting a proper, you know, window into how society is thinking. You're just not. Like, yeah, they spoke to, you know, nearly 4,000 people. Doesn't mean shit. Doesn't mean shit. (laughs) It's just, you know, nearly 4,000 people that were just prepared to answer this survey You know Are they telling the truth That's the big thing You know That's the big thing And also It's easy to write something down To go yes I would do this But when push comes to shove Will you You know what I mean Like Will you actually Do that Hmm that, that in itself is very questionable. Now, so um, in one question, it said, uh, according to the research, the Me Too generation of young people are significantly more likely to speak out if they witness inappropriate behavior. Less than half of over 55 say they would get involved if they heard a senior colleague making sexual comments towards a co-worker. While 70% of 
of 16 to 34 year olds say they would suggest a big change in attitudes towards sexual harassment. Yeah, yeah, no. It's bullshit. It, it's, it's straight up bull. I have been in so many situations where shit has gone down. No one says a thing. No one says a thing. Like, even the, the incident I mentioned earlier on the train, no one said anything. Going, like, people will look and maybe nod, or, or you know what I mean? But they, they don't say anything. So this is the thing. It's easy to come out and go, yes, oh, I would, blah, 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 blah. But no, no, they wouldn't. Like, and I've been in those situations. I've actually, like, when people have said shit to me, you know, like, people have, you know, you'll have other conversations, like, and they'll be like, yeah, yeah, no, if that happened, I would. But, but when, in that moment, when it does, motherfuckers don't do shit. So, yeah, I, I find this... Laughable You know But yeah getting like when you talk about The grey area of all of this Right Um it said Research found that young people Are far more open minded when it Comes to same sex relationships Than their elders Right Again It's, it's fine to Say it but well, you do they actually do it? Fine to say it, man. But will you actually do it? No. No. It, it it's like um. <laughs> what was this? Like it's talking about sexting. Sexting is becoming increasingly more acceptable. 32% of 16 to 34 year olds say it's okay to share a sext of their partner with others if they have their partner's permission. Really? So you're telling me that you go, um, oh yeah, you, you know, you're having a conversation, be like, yo, yo, show me that um, picture that your girl sent you. And your friend's going to be like, okay, hold on, let me just ask. That's not happening. They're just going to show it. If they feel like showing it, they will show it. That is the thing. And also, <laughs> like, people have a complete different, like, definition of sext. Right? So, some people, it's just words. Other people, it's a it's a it's a picture. Other people, it might be a video. There is a big difference, and so this is the thing. There's no gray area. So if they said, "Would you share a text message? Would you share an image? Would you share a video?" That gives more context to this kind of thing. But that's not what they do. So. Yeah, this whole morality <sighs> Come on, man Like, it's not a story It's not a story because it's bullshit 
It's, it's just all bullshit. Like, you, you, you can't expect people to tell the truth. I'll tell you this, right? So, back in the day, remember when nothing was ever open on a Sunday, right? When all the shops were shut and all of this crazy shit. So, for something to actually do, like, you used to go to Sunday school. Do you know what I mean? Because it was just fucking around. You could fuck around, like, with your friends, and then everyone had to go home and stay in and just be like, ugh, god damn it. But this is what I noticed, right? There was a load of people that would be there, and they're all talking this holier-than-thou bullshit, right? But during the week... You see these motherfuckers, they're all on the grime, right? All on the grime. But come Sunday, they're acting like they're the shit, you know? Like, you know, nothing is going to melt in their mouths. And it's, it's sickening. But yes, you ask those people on a Sunday and they are perfect. They're great. They will do anything to benefit their neighbour. Oh, yeah. Boom, boom, boom. You know what I mean? Apostle this and Psalms that and, you know, scripture, scripture, scripture. But during the week, it's be like, yo, got any blow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucked my friend's neighbour. What? So, you know, people are hypocrites. So, if you want to find out the, a true morality... Just be around people. You mean see what they do, because often what they say is a completely different thing. Okay, so I think this might be the last um, big book award competition of the year. Um, Yeah, it's the Costa Book Awards 2019. This is the 48th edition. 48th edition, whew, yeah, that's been going a long time, right, and um, so this award, it will see 20 UK and Ireland-based authors all trying to win that top prize, um, and there's five categories, five categories to go by, so we've got first novel, Biography, poetry, um, children's book. And, um, yeah, you could win uh, 30,000. 30,000 pounds, which ain't bad, right? That's not bad. So let's, uh, let's look at these categories. So we have um for the ner- the the novel award shortlist. So we have um Jonathan Coe's Middle England. We've got Confession with Blue Horses by Sophie Hard Harduck. We've got um Rowan Hisori's Book Anon's Startling Days 
and Joseph O'Connor's Shadow Play. So they're the four books up for that award. Then we've got the first novel award. And there is Diary of a Somebody by Brian Bilston. Queenie by Candice Carty-Williams. The Confession of Franny Langton by Sarah Collins. Um, And... The Other Half of Augusta Hope by Jonah Glenn. We then have the Biography Award. And so in this we've got On Chapel Sands, My Mother and Other Missing Persons by Lara Cumming. The Volunteer, the true story of the resistance hero who infiltrated Auschwitz by Jack Fainweather, Fairweather even. Um, Then there is In Extremis, the life and death of the war correspondent Mary Colvin. Uh, And that's by Lindsay Hilsom. I believe Mary Colvin was, there was the film about her, was it A Private War, um, in 2018, I believe that's right, uh, and finally, we've got The Making of Poetry, Coleridge, The Wordsmiths, and The Year of Marvels by Adam Nicholson. Then we've got the Poetry Award. So here we've got uh, Surge by Jay Bernard. Flesh by Mary Jean Shan. The Mizzy by Paul Farley. And Reckless Paper Birds by John McCulger. We've then got Children's Book. Award. So here we have Asha and the Spirit Bird by Jasbinda Billen, Crossfire by Mallory Blackman, In the Shadow of Heroes by Nicholas Bowling, and Furious Thing by Jenny Downham. So how this works is there will be a winner of each category, and that's announced on Monday the 6th of January, and then um, an overall winner will be announced on the 28th of January, which is a Tuesday, so yeah, I don't know why there's such a, a gap between the two, but um, yeah, that is what's going to happen, people. So, um, yeah, if you like books, probably, um, you know, keep your ears to the ground to find out who will win this award. All right? Boom. Okay, so just back from the South Bank. And, um, yeah, had a great night. Jazz Festival ended and um, ended with a, a, an enjoyable show. 
It was Cleveland Watkiss's 60th birthday celebration. Um, yeah, so the website says this. Cleveland Watkiss presents a retrospective of music from his extensive back catalogue, along with his lauded take on the great Jamaican songbook. Featuring the songs of Gregory Isaac, Dennis Brown, and Delroy Wilson. Um, yeah, so Watkins was joined on stage with an array of musical guests. So you had like people like Orphe Robinson, Jason Yard, Byron Wallen, um. A lot more, and he also brought out a couple of, um, yeah, new talents. Um, yeah, Watkins has performed with and worked with people like Bob Dylan, Stevie Wonder, and Bjork. I mean, so yeah, he's been around for time. So yeah, this was an interesting one because I've always heard the name. Uh, I think I'd seen him, like, you know what I mean, just do a few guest spots, but I've never been to just a full, you know, gig of his, and, um, yeah, so I thought, hey, why not, right, it's all about rolling the dice sometimes, you know, going out, having fun, just new experiences, man, you know what I mean, so, yeah, I thought I'd end the jazz festival, with the Sunday concert, and it it was you know what I mean it was it was a it was a good time. Like, ugh, I have to say, my friend flaked at the last minute, but she's a moron. You know what I mean, it's just like ugh, just irritating when people do that shit. But you know what I mean. Hey, I was always going anyway. So, um, yeah, just went, rode solo, but it was cool, it was alright, um, yeah, I, I, I haven't been to a reggae gig in a long time either, so it, you know what I mean, it was something a little different, because I don't really listen to a lot of reggae, like, you know what I mean, there's those certain songs that you like, and when you hear some new stuff, hey, if it's got... Good rhythm and everything like that Boom, whatever, it's all good But yeah, so it was interesting You know what I mean, just go into a full on Like reggae jam uh, But yeah, you know, like the acoustics So this was at the Queen Elizabeth Hall Acoustics were great was, Yeah, they always are It's a great little venue And I think the thing I always like about that venue Like it's a big venue But it still has that Intimate feel to it So that was always good Like I d It was a little There's a lot of people shouting out Ugh. A lot of people shouting out Like once, twice, fine But ugh. When it's just a Constant thing And yes like The, the main person doing it Was one of Watkiss's friends but, oh man, 
just a shame someone didn't shut him up. It just it just becomes irritating. Do you know what I mean? It just becomes irritating. And I, I think like what this was having fun, it's his birthday. He's allowed to. But he did like you know what I mean? The, I think the thing is like I remember going to like jungle jams back in the day, you know, laser drone. Spots like that And when a, a certain tune came on And the crowd went insane for it you get a rewind You know what I mean? Abla, selector, what, what? And it was fire But you don't do it nearly every track Don't do it nearly every track Now what kiss did that so many times That it was a bit like don't stop doing it <laughs> Please stop doing it Or is it because Like there wasn't a big pop That was the thing They were like everyone, and Don't get me wrong Everyone's having fun But there wasn't just a You heard the beginning of the song And everyone's like ah! You know what I mean It's just he decided to do it And it's fine but you need to, you can't do it a lot. But then that takes away from things, you know what I mean? It takes away from things a little. But, you know, it was a it was a it was a fun night. It was a fun night. And um what was really interesting, so he brought out firstly brought out this um young lady, I think her name was Sarah Greer. I think that's what it was. Um yeah, and she killed it. They just kind of did a kind of a cappella beat thing. Um, and she was singing. Great voice. Really great voice, you know. And then a bit later, he brought on um, Ayana Witter-Johnson. Oh, that was something else, too. That really was something else. There's... Um, so, you know, she plays the cello. Um, I think she's got a new album out. Um, I think it's Roadrunner. But yeah, she's she's singer and cellist, and god damn it, so impressive because yo the thing she was doing with the cello. Like kind of little some scratching and just It was just like some sounds that you don't normally hear It was so good It was so impressive It really was So I think those two performances Really brought the night up for me You know, just because they were so different and unique And it, yeah it was fantastic So I would definitely Check them out Um You know If if I uh, uh Yeah had Have the opportunity So yeah people do that For real Um Yes it's, So it's definitely Ayanna Witter Johnson So it's At Ayanna WJ On Twitter So Go check um 
go check her out. But yeah, this was a fun night, and it was a nice way to bring the 2019 EFG London Jazz Festival to a close. So um, yeah, looking forward to next year. <laughs> so it's just like, what's next now? <laughs> I have to look for some more fun shit to do before this year ends. But um, it, it should be good. I, I know my calendar is pretty full. <laughs> as always, man. As always. Yo, so this week I checked out season one of The Boys. Uh, this is a um, comic book adaptation. Uh, which was developed by Eric Kripke. Um, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg uh, For Amazon It's adapted from comic book series of the same name By Gareth Ennis and Derek Robertson Um, It comprises of eight roughly an hour long episodes It's starring Carl Urban, Jack Quaid Anthony Starr, Aaron Moriarty, Dominique McElligot, Jesse T. Usher, Laz Alonzo, Chase Crawford, Toma Capon, Karen Fukarara, Nathan Mitchell, Elizabeth Shue, and many more, many more. Uh, the gist of the show is this. The Boys is set in a universe where superpowered people are recognised as heroes by the general public and owned by a powerful corporation, Vault International, which markets and monetizes them. Outside of their heroic personas, most are arrogant and corrupt. The series primary, prime, primarily focuses on two groups. The seven Vault International's premier superhero team and the titular boys, vigilantes, looking to keep the corrupt heroes under control. The boys are led by Billy Butcher, who despises all superpowered people, and the seven are led by the egotistical and unstable Homelander. As a conflict of interest ensures between the two groups the series also follows the new members of each team Hugh Huey Campbell of the boys who joins the vigilantes after his girlfriend is killed by one of the seven and Annie January otherwise known as Starlight of the seven a young and hopeful heroine forced to face the truth about the heroes she admires so yeah, this is the setup. And I think the big thing about the boys, the comic book when it hit was um it's a bit different, you know? It is dealing with different issues. So like when you think about it, the comic book series came out in 2000 and I think 2006, I believe 2006, which is earlier than Kick-Ass, which 
a lot of people might remember being a kind of adult dark comic book series which then spawned the Matthew Vaughan films um so yeah like there'd been you know dark comics like Punisher and you know then other series that became darker in theme you know like Batman Daredevil stuff like that but I think the boys the thing about the boys was it was dealing with stuff that um people hadn't really seen you know like at that degree before and so it got it was interesting and um yeah it's like can that translate to the screen so that was always you know the big thing will it work because the i think the idea had been floating around for a while to make it into a film or a tv series you know that has been floating around and so when um seth rogan was like yo yeah we're doing it on amazon it was like oh shit okay so yeah it was just like boom how will this be how's it gonna be because remember now we've had the netflix stuff you know so the the daredevil luke cage jessica jones punisher iron fist you know all of that's been on netflix so we've seen how you know darker stuff can be portrayed so it's just like okay will this work as much now and um yeah like it starts off well you know definitely starts off well i had completely forgotten about robin (laughs) and uh yeah that whole situation with A-Train Like I remembered someone getting run through But I forgot it was Huey's girlfriend And how it all kind of transpired So yeah, seeing that You're like, oh, okay Cool, cool, cool You know So they, they, they showed some stuff It became a bit darker and everything like that and it was so it was you know we have this promising premise that was interesting some great act like the actors and actresses in this fantastic yeah i think everyone you know does a real a pretty good i mean for the most part yeah everyone does a pretty good performance like um highlander Homelander, even Highlander. There can be only one. Um, yeah, Homelander. God damn it, yo, that's a performance, right? When you when you kind of look at it, Anthony Starr really plays that well, because it has to walk that line. You know, it has to walk that line between, you know. Completely bonkers And very stoic You know Very stoic And that you can look up to and admire You know And and yeah Great job As well as Aaron Moriarty 
you know, Annie January, because she's got to be idealistic and hopeful and and just, you know, yeah, I believe I want to make a change. You know, that disillusion creeps in, but still have that flickering hope that want to make a change. So, again with Queen Maeve, Dominic McElligott. But she's got to seem fatigued, drained, but still every now and again, a bit of a spark, some hopefulness, some maybe, yeah? And we get that. These are, these are great performances, you know, really good performances. But I think, like... Carl Urban as Billy Butcher isn't bad. The accent does get a bit trying. Does get a bit trying. And it is a little bit over the top. It's a little bit over the top. You know? Is it, I think it's the same with... Um, Huey kind of works... There's, there's that, you know, because there kind of should be that hopefulness in a way locked, bet- locked behind that gate of grief, you know what I mean, which you see sometimes, other times it's like it's not quite there, Simon Pegg's accent yeah, that goes in and out. <laughs> that really does go in and out, you know what I mean? Uh yeah. Frenchy Frenchy can be a bit much. It's a little you know, it's a little cliche. And you're just like, ah, really? You know what I mean? With all of that. But I look, but we have these and yeah. So, you know, good performances and all of that. Good performances, okay? I think the storylines are decent. Storylines are definitely decent. It does fall down a bit, though, when you have... Because you have certain stuff that's very... I think spot on, very spot on and well done, and you think that makes complete sense, I can get behind that, you know, like, you know, Vault using the religious festivals and and all of that kind of thing, you think, yeah, makes sense, like the club makes sense, which... The club being made a lot of sense, but we see it once, which is just a bit like, yo, something like that, that could, you know I mean, that should be more than a, a, a one-time throwaway thing, right? But we have all these things that are like, yeah, I get that, okay. But then you have other stuff like um, people, the decisions 
and how people make them, it's a bit like, wait, what? How would... No, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. You know, because it's just like... Butcher brings people together, supposedly, right? And you're just like, but but why? Right? Because there's not really a lot offered. There's a not lot there's not a lot offered to people for them to join. Like when he goes to Mother's Milk, he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, leave your job, come, come," and it's just like, "Huh? Like what? Especially like what you learn. You know what I mean? Like what you then learn from about him and the other shit and what was at stake. You're just like, well, Butcher didn't offer anything." For you to go, okay, yeah, I'm willing to put that at risk. So there's a lot of things kind of thrown out there. And you're just a bit like, yeah, why? Why? You know, because when you're dealing with this real world shit, okay? When you're trying to say, look, no, this is going to be more realistic than Arrow and the Flash and, and shit like that. You then have to, I would say, you you have to go all in. So you have to make the interactions more realistic. Because what we get to, I think what we were used to, you know, that small bill shit. When someone's going, ha, I'm not going to help you anymore. You get me in trouble all the time. Be like, oh, but please help me. This will be different. Okay, I'm in. It's just like, is that, that's not real life. That's not real life. There should be more to it. You know? And that's what we expect now. You know, that's kind of what we got in Daredevil. You got situations playing out a better in that regard. You know, foggy falling out with Matt. And shit like that But in this It was just like Wait, well, you gotta help me You gotta, you're like, okay butcher And he's just like Huh? Like Frenchie Putting the team in jeopardy So many times And especially You know, you keep on getting the reference But Mallory's kid, like Frenchie did this And Mallory's kids got burned but he's still allowed to keep on making these weird decisions. And all you get is mother's milk complaining, but that's it. And you're just like, huh? What? That makes no sense. You know, there needs to be better dialogue with that shit. Otherwise, why would these people continue to risk Working like that You know what I mean So Yeah It's That's I think that's the The counterbalance to it all It's definitely It's definitely a fun What show Like I did 
enjoy it. But there are these things that are, are, are stopping it from elevating. You know, from in stopping the show for me from being, you know, from okay to being really good. You know, for me to really be like, yes, that was great. You know, because it's just like, there is a lot of frustration in there. There's a lot. And especially the whole, like the whole butcher thing. But it's also, they're like, oh yeah, we're we're a team and we're kind of take down all these guys for their bullshit. But they're only concentrating on the seven. Now, in the comic books, like... It first started off and they were going after any soup that was acting up. And that makes more sense. So start off like that and you build it and you build it into this thing. And I think there was a bit more cohesiveness in how the narrative of the story flowed, you know, which just makes sense to someone getting in and going, okay, yeah, 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 obviously you would do that, to go to that, to go to that, to go to that, yeah, you know what I mean? because there's a load of soups, and there's, you know, a few of this vigilante team with not really any resources, so you're just like, I don't know, don't know about that shit You know what I mean Like the whole deep thing That worked That worked you know He gets ostracised to Ohio For his the bullshit that he pulled You know You even get that freaky Gill sex scene Which you're like eh yeah I can see that That makes, that makes sense But it's just like Yeah I, I just, if they can iron out some of the other stuff, yeah, this could be a great season. This could be a great series. But now, I have to say, the the very end, that was very good. That was definitely real good. You know what I mean? I enjoyed that. And it'll be interesting to see uh, how that progresses, what they do with that situation. Um, the other stuff of that episode, like I was a bit like Huey using a, I don't know, it's a what is that a high caliber gun? Whatever it is Like if you've never shot Yo you, It's not just pick up and fire <laughs> It definitely ain't that I've fired a gun They ain't as You know what I mean Simple simple Very, and, and the kickback on that motherfucker Yo So that was just a bit like ugh, Come on man But yeah 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 I'm a details person What can I say and I have to say, all my peoples that have watched this, 
yeah, they don't care about this shit. <laughs> they love it. They straight up love it. They don't care about the minutiae that irritates me and picks up my mind. No, 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 no. They're all in. So, if you are fans of um, your darker stuff, you love this shit, for real. If you like Kick-Ass, you know, the film, I'd say the first film. The second film weren't that great, right? If you love the first film, you will like this, for sure. If you enjoy Daredevil on Netflix, you will like this, for sure. If you liked any of the Netflix stuff, you know, Defenders, Punisher, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, you you will definitely like this. It's your ballpark, man. Yeah? So, um, and the other good news, season two has been confirmed. They've actually, I believe they've just finished filming. So that will hit next year, I imagine. You know? So, um, yeah, if, if, if that's your bag, boom. Get onto the boys. I mean, you probably have. I know I'm late on this shit. But yeah, it's, it's eight episodes, roughly just under, slightly over an hour. But yeah, it, it's worth checking out, people. And remember as well, if you liked the TV series, the comic book series is done. So, you can go check that out. And uh, yeah, you can, you know, read the whole story to its completion. Boom. Was that yeah, it finished. I think it was 70 episodes, something like that. But yeah. Boom, two options, right? Not bad. So yeah, that's the boys. Um, you'll find it on Amazon Prime. It's from Eric Krippy Kripke, um, Seth Rogan, Evan Goldberg. Comic book series was from Gareth Ennis and Derek. Robertson. So yeah, go check it out, the boys. Okay, so today's book is God's Grave um, by Jay Christoph, and it's book two in the Nevernight Chronicles, read by Halter Graham. So, um, the breakdown is this, assassin Mia Carvere has found her place among the blades of Our Lady of Blessed Murder, but many in the Red Church ministry think she's far from earned it. Plying her bloody trade in the backwater of the Republic, she's no closer to ending Consul Scaver and Cardinal Dumo or avenging her familiar. And after a deadly confrontation with an old enemy, Mia begins to suspect the motives of the Red Church itself. When it's announced that Skurva and Domina will be making a rare public appearance at the conclusion of the Grand Games in God's Grave, Mia defies the church and sells herself to a gladiatorial collegium for a chance to finally end them. Upon the sands of the arena, Mia finds new allies, bitter rivals, and more questions about her strange affinity for the shadows. But as conspiracies unfold within the 
collegium walls and the body count rises, Mia will be forced to choose between loyalty and revenge and uncover a secret that could change the very face of her world. Yeah, so um, that is book two. Now, with the end of book one and all the conspiracies and everything like that, it was like, oh, where could this book go? And also, you know, book one, it did do things a little bit differently, you know, so there was, there was that, there was that intrigue, there was that newness, there was that, um, ain't that just kind of idea that this could, could be going in new places, you know, um, and at the beginning of God's grave, that continues, and we're like, okay, cool, yeah, this is going well, but mm, as the book went on, it just kind of fell into just the obvious, it, it just kept on doing the obvious, it kept on doing like the predictable things, you know, and that just became, came, became kind of tiresome, and also it was, there's a lot that, unfortunately, now it, this is a strange one, right, because, um, I think Jay Christoph, he, um, I really enjoyed his, um, his books that, I think it, it, it dealt with, like, he wrote with someone else, I forget who he wrote them with, but they were kind of in space, and those books were good, those books were enjoyable, I think the problem here, and, and also those books had a female protagonist, um, I think the problem with these ones is that, like, the female protagonist just becomes weaker and weaker as the stories unfold, which just becomes a bit, oh, uh, man, I, like, I've fallen upon, I've, you know, I've read this over and over again, It, it it's just a bit boring, it's a bit like, I, I, I figured we'd be, like, moving on to new things, I thought we were going to really kind of bake some, break some boundaries here, you know, push things to a next level, but, like, for instance, we have when it, like, in the breakdown, it says Mia has a, um, a battle against an old, um, adversary, now, like, I'm, I'm not gonna spoil, but you could probably guess who that is, um, and when that adversary is fighting her, like, the thing that is weird was that there was a lot of deaths, and a lot of deaths that weren't necessary, 
So then in the ensuing explanation, didn't really make any sense. Because, you know what I mean? There was no threat of their murder. Like, that had been said on numerous times. So, you were just like, you, you, you know what I mean? Your story is, yeah, some of it kind of might be plausible, but the fact that you killed these people when you're saying, oh, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to, but you didn't have to. Yeah, like that point is never kind of questioned because it's just like, yeah, you didn't have to do that. Like, you, we weren't going to kill you. We were going to take you in. So at that moment, you could have done this explanation then to both of us. That was the um, that was the weird thing, but that was never kind of brought up to them, which makes you go like, "Huh, what?" I think <clears throat> then when they added the love cycle, love cycle, the love aspect to the book that was ain't that was a bit tiresome because it again it was predictable you could see it coming like you knew exactly where things were gonna lead you know and it's just like oh are we really doing this like this is just 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 predictable people you know, which again is 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 a shame. It yeah, it was a, a a big shame on that front. Um, and then just as as the things went on, there was like this execution um fight towards the end. You knew what was happening with that. Like, from the, all the build-up to that, it was all very predictable. And, yeah, like, I don't want to know exactly what's going to happen way before it's going to happen. You know, I could have told you how this book was going to end. You know, like, it was just all too easy, all too simple. Now... And the the even with the end of this book, like the thing they do at the very very end, I was just a bit like, I'm not surprised, not surprised because when this certain things happened, it happened in book one. It happened in a way that made you go. Hold on, it was only a. And that was never found. So, hmm, I'm not, I don't believe that is, you know. So, I think all of that was very suspect in book one. So, I was kind of waiting for the moment when the person would, um, yeah. So, yeah, the end was just a bit like, <sighs> fine, fine, 
But yeah, to be honest, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to do book three. I very much doubt it. Just because, yeah, all of this is just, it's just predictable. And it, like book one, I kind of sped through book one. It was, it was a fun read. Book two was a struggle. Book two was, I was very bored. I was very just like, ugh, god damn it. I'm not, I don't want to bother with this. I, I just want to read something else. But you know, you get so far in, you're just like, ah, fine, I'm going to finish it. But the crazy thing is, like, my friend, she read um, both books before me, loved them. And she can't wait to read the third. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I think it kind of all depends. But, yes, um, you know, the, like, I remember the, the series. So, um, Jay Christoph wrote a series um, called the, the Aluminum Files with Amy Kaufman. Those books are fantastic. Um great female protagonist and just an array of characters so if you want to um yeah if you want to check out some jay christoph stuff that i really like give that a go and word is brad pitt's plan b entertainment and warner brothers are turning it into a um into a film so yeah you might want to check out um Illumini, Gemini, and Obsidio at some point. But, um, yes, I would say that if you like that, if you like Jay Kristoff, then you probably want to give these a go. Um, if you like, uh, I think just if you like kind of fantasy, swords, intrigue, assassins, and all of that kind of thing, then, yeah, you know, this might be your thing as well. Like, if you really enjoyed book one, then, yeah, again, I I think you, you if you really like book one, you have to pick up book two. And, um, yeah, so then just make your own decisions from there, people. But... You can find this on Audible. Um, again, this was um, God's Grave by J. Christoph, read by Halter Graham, and it's book two in the Nevernight Chronicle. Okay, so we are drawing to the end of another episode. So just a little bit of um, quick TV news before we bounce um so on there's a few things that have been cancelled recently netflix have um said that the third the upcoming third season of and with an e will be the show's last so if you're a fan of that series you can catch all 10 episodes of the third and final season on the 3rd of January um, Also Netflix have Cancelled 
the um, the recent revival of Mystery Science Theatre 3000. So the second season was the last people. Um, I think supposedly it might get shopped around, but I don't know. Who knows what will happen? Hey, Apple needs content, so maybe they will pick it up, right? Um, but it's not all cancellations at Netflix, as the second season of um, Sex Education will be hitting on the 17th of January. So, um, yeah, supposedly the first season was good. So any fans, you'll be able to pick up all the new events on the 17th. Um, Apple have renewed... um, They've renewed Servant, their um, M. Night Shyamalan uh, psychological thriller series, which is due to... um, Premiere tomorrow, I believe. Uh, does sound freaky. Does sound like it could be a freaky show. Uh, it's about a couple who hire a nanny to babysit their baby named Jericho. But um, it's not actually a real baby. It's a um, realistic-looking doll. Yeah, sounds kind of freaky. Uh, it's 10 episodes. Um, so yeah, if you want to check this craziness out, uh, hit Apple TV um, on the 28th tomorrow. Uh, so Apple have also um, handed out an order for a new Stephen King. Um, series adaptation so this will be um, of his novel Lysi's story Uh, it's going to be 8 episodes and it says it's an event series which means it should be one and done Um, and the story will follow Lissy who's played by Julianne Moore two years after the death of her husband Scott Landon, played by Clive Owen, as she begins facing amazing realities about him that she had repressed and forgotten. Uh, Dane DeHaan will be playing a character called Jim Dooley, who is a fan of Scott's books and holds strong feelings around the author's unpublished work being released around the world so uh, yeah no word on when this will hit but it is but jj abrahams will be executive producing the series so people that is it and uh, see you next wednesday peace